Horror Podcast. This is Josh Heiser here with James Prophet. We are here for the finale of The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels' feud. Yes, we took a little break between our last episode. I played Eli Cottonwood's What is a Mustache promo for Josh, which he had never heard before, which we might insert here for a second. It's only 10 seconds or so. (laughs) That's what you came here for, right? (laughs) That's the real show. Um, We will start off with the most important award show of the year. The Slammies. Slammies. But Josh, before we go into this, I have something I want to read, if that's okay. Of course. Okay, so this is, again, like, last feud, WrestleMania 25 was all about the light versus the darkness. There were some heavy, heavy overtones about... Heavy-handed, is that what you Heavy... (laughs) About some Christian beliefs about (laughs) just some... The creation story, you know, God divided the light from the darkness. So if I can, to bring this full circle, WrestleMania 26, the build to this, keep this in mind. This is Proverbs 16, 18, the King James Version... Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. And if Shawn Michaels had heeded those words, he might be having subpar WrestleMania matches to this day, just like his friend Triple H. So you're saying (laughs) Triple H versus, I can't even remember. Batista was this year. Well, no, this year. Big Dave Batista. Yeah, Triple H Batista. That's funny. Drax that, the Destroyer for the Guardians of the Galaxy. That could have also been 2010. Well, it was a 2005 WrestleMania oh. match. All right, anyway. Well, we will head to the Slammies All right. we come back. Stay, Stay with, with us. Okay, so first time I saw the Slammy Awards, I was seven years old, man. My sister and I had just started watching wrestling, and randomly, we had no idea this was going to be on. I think it was a Saturday morning. We were channel surfing. No, Saturday afternoon. And randomly, it's just like, uh, wrestling's on, and everybody's dressed up, and (laughs) this is an award show? And it was the 1987 Slammy Awards, which, if you don't watch wrestling, is a big joke award show. Figure it out. It's a take on the Grammys. Okay, yeah, so they present a word. It's all goofy. Like, so in later years, like this year, they would have, you know, more serious awards, you know. But generally, it's an excuse for people to just, like, be off the cuff silly and kind of have fun. And for a while, they were around Mania, right? I think we talked a little bit about that with the Brett Noah. WrestleMania 12 and 13, yeah. But I do like this uh, year end kind of. It's like, you know. Not a lot going on storyline-wise. Let's give out some... It's almost like our, our love of lists. Like, hey, let's do the year-end look back, see what was the best of the year kind of thing. Yes, yeah. So there is a Match of the Year award, which I meant to look up who the other nominees were because I wanted to... Maybe I'll do that next time you talk. Okay. But I uh, I wanted to weigh in on, since I wasn't the biggest fan of 25, mm-hmm. if I thought the other candidate. Are you doing that now, James? I, I'm going to do that right okay. now. So while you do that, Sean accepts the, the Match of the Year award for him and Undertaker's WrestleMania 25 match. I will say that he is finally dressing like his age, in nineteen, like he did in 1997 when he was 
dressing like my Uncle Danny. He's wearing a, a cut-off black t-shirt, camo chest. Okay, let's, let's see. All right. That's it. Okay, so, Josh, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker, right. WrestleMania 29. John Cena versus Randy Orton in an I Quit match no. from Breaking Point. That's right. John, do you quit? No. John, do you quit? No. That was, that was like, uh, have you ever seen that match, by the way? I mean, I'm sure I have, but it is It's not... a snuff film. Yes. Like, basically, it's, it's like snuff. torture porn, almost. Okay. It's, I, I've never watched torture porn, by the way. But it's just like Randy Orton torturing John Cena, and John Cena kind of swallowing and saying no, and then Cena wins at the end really quick. Jeff Hardy versus Edge in a ladder match at Extreme Rules. And Team Raw versus Team SmackDown at Bragging Rights. There were actually better matches that year, like yeah, Ray versus Dolph from SummerSlam this is was a better match. For the, Sean uh, versus Sean Undertaker and three matches we definitely do not want to win. Yeah, I don't think Raw versus SmackDown uh, at Bragging Rights would take the cake. So. Nope. Maybe Triple H was in that match. Maybe you the gotta next have time a you... match with the game. Maybe later on I'll look up. <laughs> I'll sort. Uh... Sort Meltzer ratings by 2009 from highest. Oh my gosh! Actually, I think I did that already. (laughs) I well, touche because we mentioned before he gave it 4.75 stars, which honestly I'm kind of surprised that he went that high. Just I mean, just knowing him, not that it deserved didn't deserve it or whatever. But right, regardless. Josh, I actually I got this brought up. You want to talk about it? I will always talk about David. Okay, so. Uh, top Dave Meltzer ratings, and man, I just gotta find the WWE matches. So, okay, here we go. Sean versus Undertaker. Did you 4. have to keep 75. scrolling down past all the five star matches. There, to, there are two to get to the WWE matches. on the top page. Okay. <laughs> oh no, there's three. There's three. Okay. Is it bragging rights? Rey Mysterio versus Chris Jericho from The Bash 09. That, man, that, okay. okay that yeah. should have been on that match of the year list WWE had. Edge versus John Cena in a last man standing match from Backlash 09. I, honestly, I thought the match was okay, not great. Christian against Shelton Benjamin in a ladder match from TLC. Cena Orton from Breaking Point, 4.25. Maybe that's worth a, a watch. And then uh, Punk vs. Jeff Hardy from SummerSlam in the TLC match, 4.25. There's also a SmackDown match, Morrison against Mysterio. So, yeah, honestly, I would I would give Sean Taker. Yeah. I mean, for the... what? Can you just give us a glimpse at what was some five-star matches that year? With, Gosh, with I, he didn't have many. Because, uh, it's got to be Tanahashi, right? It's got to be at least one Tanahashi-Okada match. There were no five-star matches that year. What?! 4.75, Dragon Gate USA. Awesome. Uh, Naroki Doi versus Brian Danielson. Uh, WrestleMania 25. Those are the only two. So he thought very highly of that match then. It's not like he was sliding it by giving it 4.75. I know nobody listening cares about Something's Dave Meltzer. funny is going on here. I'm looking at this Dave Meltzer list. There's no New Japan stuff. There's TNA. There's Dragon Gate. Um, well, you probably have that filter on your phone to exclude all New Japan. There's Noah. Well, there. What, remember, there was that period, and I'm uh, that period where New Japan sucked, and Tanahashi came back. Oh, that's right. Back, so it's probably that, that was around that 2009. Yeah. Okay. So maybe the next year or the year after. Yes. All Tanahashi. All, all right. Day. Okay, so anyway. So we're at the Slammies. Um, Shawn Michaels, the Undertaker, win match of the year. Triple H gives out the award. Shawn is the only one in attendance, so he comes out to accept. And Triple H says, listen, if anyone knows what a good match that was, it's me. And he kind of 
and a real life statement says because I had to follow it. I didn't have a chance. Which, if you're not a wrestling fan, rule of thumb, you kind of want either the best match or the most buzzed about match to go on last, so you leave on a high point. If it doesn't, the match following it is kind of doomed. Like people and this are going to be the only reason that the Triple H match yeah, wasn't as Triple good. H blames <laughs> it on Shawn Michaels Undertaker being so good. In reality. Triple H has never had... He's had one really good WrestleMania main event and, like, four bad ones, so it's him. It's not the best. His best match of all time, in my opinion, is that match with Sean right after Sean came back, you know? SummerSlam 2002? Yeah. I think I might agree with you on that. Um, Maybe the Cactus Rumble match, the Anything Goes Street Fight, but those are the two. So I don't know about you. I'm sitting here thinking about this. Like, I love this so much, this Slammy Awards thing. I feel like I touched on this before, but... Voting it's is weird because yeah. well, it's weird because like this is really dumb and this is really like makes no sense. It's not like we're watching a boxing match or something, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think what the difference is. I think it's just the supernatural stuff that bothers me. Like you can be dumb and silly. I love Orange Cassidy and like all of all of sorts. Cassidy's a blast. All sorts of goofiness. Okay, but uh, you actually, watch Being the Elite every week, right? right. I love yeah. like okay. silliness. I think it's the silliness with like the like the gates of hell, really. Like you know, like that kind of. It's just a and little too much. You can only cap the goth well so many times before it gets repetitive, yeah. right? So, so that being said, I love this, and I love it because it's the end of the year. People probably are like spending time with her families. Not this is not like yeah. expected to be a big episode of Raw. Sean even does the like typical like want to thank the fans, blah blah blah. Yeah, Zeus's. End of the year, by the way, preview for what we have later. We're going to have a giant end of the decade series with a couple of friends at the end of this year. It's going to be awesome. Right, yeah. But anyway, yeah, Sean thinks the fans. He does his, like, basically the the stereotypical thing you would expect from the Slammies. Move on to the next award, but then he stops himself. And he looks super serious. And he basically says, like, you know what, Undertaker? Like, I know I can beat you. Mm -hmm. He throws out the challenge. What do you say? You know something, Undertaker? I can beat you. I know it. And more importantly, you know it. So right here tonight, I'm throwing out the challenge. You and me, WrestleMania, one more time. And this time, instead of the fans, like, you know, kind of sitting on their hands, like, oh, at WrestleMania, they actually pop huge for that challenge. Because they are. They're like, holy crap, like, something's happening. Like, this isn't just, like, silly awards. Like, they're bringing the storylines into the And also, again, your opinion on the match, you know, you weren't a big fan. It took me... A few years to really get it, I think. But I think we were in the minority. I think generally, oh, yeah. the serious fans, Head the casual heels. fans, yeah, they all loved it. Yeah. And so it wasn't just that it was those two. It's it's those two at, at WrestleMania. Again, yeah. Right. And so, man, that was the one exception to that. Down the road, let's have a match. The crowd loved it. Super cool. That's pretty much it. A few weeks later uh, on Raw, a few nights before the end of the year, Sean interrupts a Vince promo and demands an official match. <laughs> um, can we, 
hit something real sure. quick. All right, so between the Slammy episodes and the one you're talking about with Vince, there is, uh, it's around December 21st, and I went through this raw just to make sure there was no Sean Taker stuff, okay? I want to cover what was on this raw okay. really quick, okay? So number one, this was the Little People's Court episode, no. which I had never watched before, so I watched it. Were they calling it Little People's They called it Little okay. People's Court, so That's yeah. That's a W at least. I'm not going to explain what this was or why it was, but it's as dumb and as bad as I always figured yeah. it was. And that's all I'm going to say. Number two, there was a chapter... So on the WWE Network, the like marquee things with chapter breaks, okay? So like, if you go to Monday Night Raw, there will be like 10 to 15 sections you can hit like, oh, hey, want to watch this Sean promo say, you know, those were really easy to find, or this Undertaker match or whatever, okay? They had a chapter segment to remind us that the Bella Twins' old gimmick was that they were star effers. <laughs> <laughs> the host of Monday Night Raw was Johnny Damon, and they went out of their way on the network to let you skip to the part where the fellas walk up and simultaneously say, Hi, Johnny Damon. What's Hi. it? What's it called? Like, what does it say on the little ticker thing? I didn't like you read the title. Bella Twins. Do approach. they have titles? I didn't even notice. Oh, they do. Don't like they? whatever yeah. it said. Like, yeah, like approach Johnny Damon or something. I hope it just said like shout out to Johnny Damon. Bella's offered to double F Johnny Damon. <laughs> That's PG. So. It wasn't as blatant as I'm making yeah. it sound like it was, but. Anyway, those two random things awesome. killed me. So yeah, that's, go ahead. That's setting the stage for where we are in, in wrestling right now. Yes. Interrupts Vince demands an official match. Um, oh, we talk about like how, like why that happened. I thought it was a cool setup. Go for it. Okay, so this was December twenty first. There was Vince came out to address a rumor that for the first time, uh, sorry, December 28th, 2009. Right. Vince came out to address a rumor that for the first time since 1997, Bret Hart would be appearing on Monday Night Raw yeah. on January 4th. Because they were doing guest hosts. Was the next week. At yeah. the time, right? Mm-hmm. And it was rumored that Bret would be the guest host. Right. Week. And so Vince said, from what he's heard, Bret would be willing to do it. But he's not going to invite Bret back because Bret screwed Bret. And to this day, he's not going to have anybody try to say anything other than that to him. And then he goes to leave, but Shawn Michaels' music hits. Now, Shawn Michaels comes out and he says, Some rivalries are bigger than the WWE, bigger than wrestling, and they are so big that, Vince, you have no choice but to give the people what they want. And the fans start chanting, We want Brett. And uh, Vince says, You mean you and Brett? And Shawn says, No. I'm talking about me and The Undertaker. I love, like, this is going to be an ongoing theme in our podcast. Like, <laughs> the crowd is chanting, we want Brett. <laughs> and Shawn Michaels' music hits. Every! He's like, no, 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 no. I gotta make this Brett about Hart. me. <laughs> Nobody talk about Brett. Right. And so it's really cool, you know, Shawn kind of, this is like the first sign of, like, He's a little bit off the cuffs right now, you know. Like yeah. He issued the challenge. Clearly, you'd think, oh, it's Sean and Brett. They're just linked together forever. Yep. And Vince is like, no, not me and Brett. Me and Taker. That's the match people want to see. And so he says, I'm not appealing to, to you, Vince, as a decent person. I'm appealing to you as a businessman who likes to make money, give the people what they want. Us at WrestleMania. And Vince kind of says, like, you know, I'm the chairman, and even though I can do whatever I want, 
there are certain things I've learned better than to do over the years, and one of them is to get involved in any of the Undertaker's affairs. So I'm sorry, right. if you want this match to happen, you're going to have to find a way it's to make you. it happen on your own. Yeah. yeah. So skip ahead a little bit, SmackDown. 115. Uh, 115. Mm-hmm. Taker comes out to address the crowd. New new decade brings new hopes. He'll continue to take souls like <laughs> he did in the last two decades. Yep. Um, 17 people. Which was a weird way of seeing how old he was, right? Right. Like, I've been around two whole decades yep. now, you guys. Check me out. So, I- I'll kind of go into this a little bit more later, but I gotta say, like, he keeps saying taking souls more and more. Mm-hmm. To where you're really like, there were a few times when I'm like, does he think he's really taking soul? Like, <laughs> what does he mean by taking soul? So I'll I have a, something on that later. But, okay. Okay. Anyway, I um, think I know where you're going with that. So Ooh, 17 people have lost to him at Mania. Uh, one shown brightly in defeat. It happened to be the one that was Jack last Gonzalez, year. Right? Oh no! Uh, oh, Sean. That is Sean Michaels. He has come closer than all those before, but he has failed. <laughs> Um, I thought it'd be Bundy. King Kong. Have you ever heard? Return. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, you're fine. No, we'll hit this later. Let's finish this. Taker decided to come to Raw to give him his answer personally. And regardless of this, his decision, <laughs> whoever he fights at WrestleMania, they will rest in peace. <laughs> I put three eye rolling emojis in my notes. <laughs> I think every time the Undertaker says rest in peace, like you picture like an angel losing its wings. <laughs> uh, a one-winged a one angel. Yes. Um, okay, so he tra- travels down the road to Raw <laughs> to give his answer personally. Oh, also, they played the Royal Rumble theme after this episode of Plug the 2010 Rumble, or yeah. after that Taker segment. Yeah. And it's a song by Fozzie. I just wanted to mention that I really, really, really hated it. That's all. Please continue to rock. I'm sure that Jericho has mentioned some time in the last 10 years how much he got paid for that. But yes, <laughs> on Raw the next week, Vince is out there again and take her interrupts. Brett, Still yeah. talking about Brett. I don't care at all about him. going to keep talking about him every week. Taker interrupts him. He says it's his time now. It, 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 yeah. it is a cool promo, actually. I, I like how he says there's not many of us left. Um, but I was there 12 years ago in Montreal, saw the whole thing. It's pretty cool. Like you mentioned when you were doing the um, nicknames for Undertaker, you mentioned the conscience. Yeah. That comes up a lot, like in this in this storyline. Yeah, Vince uh, is kind of saying, like, screw Brett. You know, I brought him back, and then Vince kicked him to the groin. He's like, he's not coming back to my show. And like you said, Taker is the conscience. And even, like, comes out to kind of set things straight. Wasn't there a thing, like, that legit was a thing where Taker was mad at Vince for that incident back then? Yeah, in real life. Right. When the screw job happened, when they, you know, took the title off Brett. James, James is crying, guys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, just, tears coming out of his eyes. I didn't want to relive this tonight. You could have given me a heads up. Like, come, come on. My backhanded way to bring it up. <laughs> so, the story goes that... After it happened, Vince went and locked himself in his office, and The Undertaker knocked on the door, and he, the quote is, he threatened to kick his ass six ways from Sunday if he didn't get out of the office and go talk he, to Brett right now. He told him he was going to take his soul, right? <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm going to reap Princess the like, soul now, are we on the McMahon family. Like, <laughs> okay, um... 
and then the Undertaker lifted up his hands, and the lights <laughs> in the office came up. He's got uh, Adam over there just flipping the light switch. And then he twisted Vince's arm, and he hopped up on the desk, and he took three steps, and then he jumped off of the floor. I wish that was true. Um, okay, so we, saw... well, Your brother wanted him to do that to Brock in the UFC, right? <laughs> yeah. He saw the fear in his eyes then, and he sees the fear in his eyes now, which I didn't really see any fear in Vince's eyes. I don't know about you. But, well, he's uh, a genetic jack. He's, like he's a supreme being. <laughs> says he screwed Brett, not once, but twice. And now you're terrified of the consequences, as you should be. What you did is an act of a coward, which, I, for all the things about Vince, I do love that he doesn't give a crap at all to, like, totally throw himself under the bus for this yeah. kind of stuff. And again, um, apparently in real life, he does some really kind things to people. So I think he probably enjoys this reputation. Yeah. Vince says, with all due respect, I disagree with your point of view, and then pieces out. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, with all due respect, I disagree with your point of view, and see you later. <laughs> he goes to leave. <laughs> uh, but then Sean comes out, right? Yes. Okay. And Sean, let's see... What did I write down here? All right, so Taker, you know, he showed up on Raw essentially to address Sean face-to-face. And so he tells Sean that he's prideful and stubborn, and one day that may lead to his demise, and massive foreshadowing there, if you know where we're going. This is all the way back in January, you guys. You know, then he calls Sean out to the ring, and when Sean comes out, Taker says, listen, you came closer than anybody, but... You gave it your best shot. You came up short. If we fought again, the same thing would happen this year that happened last year because nothing's changed. Right. And my answer to the challenge is no. And the crowd boos. And then Taker says, but if you want to fight one-on-one just to prove yourself, we can do that right here tonight. And then the crowd cheers. Classic men's troll job. Right. And then Sean playing the heel kind of... Again, you've gotten the hints of the obsession with the whole Brett thing. Yeah. Sean says, no, I, I'm not going to fight you here. I want the fight at WrestleMania. I want the fight. It's just so funny because the crowd's like, yeah, yeah, wait, no, wait, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We do want to see it at Mania, but can we also see it tonight? Like, um, Taker says winning the Rumble is his only chance at salvation. Okay. Um, but, James. But. So, salvation meaning you're saved. Right. So, not salvation <laughs> as in salvation <laughs> from the grave, you know, salvation right. from uh, darkness or. But if he the wins, chains then he's sin. going to. He's talking about. Mania to lose. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You mean. Uh, so, wait, who says salvation? Taker? Or? Taker says that Sean's. Sean winning the Rumble is his only shot at salvation. Okay, so here's, I think, what this means. I, I'm about to get very theological. Is this okay? I think you're sort probably of giving of. away more thought than The Undertaker did. All right, so when the Bible talks about sin, it, it's not like, do this and don't do this because this is good, this is bad. It talks about the chains of sin, okay? Like, it's something that's holding you down. Right. And when the Bible talks about God, you know, it says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Jesus at one point said, I haven't come to judgment. I've come to set them free. Another point, Jesus says, I've come so that they can have life and have it more abundantly. So there's like this running theme of where like where God is, there's 
freedom, there's a lack of judgment, you know, to, to you know, certain things, you know, and where, like, quote-unquote sin is, you know, what is sin? It's something that puts chains on your life, right? To, that's a lot of the way it's described in the Bible, okay? So with this being said, the loss at WrestleMania 25 are the chains on Sean. He can't get over it. And this is mirrored in the uh, Cena Rock Mania feud for WrestleMania 29 a few years later. Right. Where Cena just can't let the loss go. Sean can't let the loss go. And Tager says, these are going to be on you forever unless you win the Rumble. And then you'll have you'll get to pick what champion you want to fight. And since I'm the champion... Taker's world champ at that time. You can pick to fight me, and then you'll be able to essentially exercise this demon. So, am I? Am so I going to too deep another, here? So, quote another movie okay. uh, on my end. Yeah, yeah. I think it's more Jules from Pulp Fiction. Like, I just thought that was some cold-blooded shit to say to somebody before I popped a cap in their ass. And then The Undertaker said, but here's the truth, Sean. You are the weak. You're the weak. And I am the tyranny yeah. of evil men. <laughs> okay. Okay, sorry. Raw 25, 125, opening promo. Sean and Triple H are in the ring talking about the rump. And they kind of say, like, Triple H says, listen, Sean, I know you want to win this and fight Taker, but you, I want to win it too. So we can either work together, throw people out one by one, two on one, and then battle it out at the end. Yep. Or we can go at each other from the very start. It's your call. And this is after Sean says to Triple H, listen, I know you want to win, but you got to understand Basically how bad I want to fight win. The Undertaker. Yeah, I need you to step aside and let me have this one. Um, I yeah. will say, I thought it was cool that this rarely happens. Like, Sean basically is like, okay, I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And then they just move on to the mat. Like, there was a tag match with the legend, Cody Rhodes. And that's kind of the cool thing about his and Triple H's on-screen relationship. Their characters, like, got each other. Right. So they would help the other one see more than anyone else could. Yeah. Like real friends, like real friends. So that this is that's a big part of why I like this build up more than the first one. Okay, I'll just say now, like I'm a huge mark for the Sean Hunter friendship. Okay, so cool. that plays heavily into this match. This match happens with Legacy. Um, not a whole lot except for that he Cody pushes Triple H into Sean. Classic, like oh, like, mm. we should hate each other now. Sean super kicks Cody there, so they win, but there's, like, a little bit of animosity. Kind of hinting, like, okay, if if Sean Taker doesn't happen, maybe this match is coming, something like that. Right. That smack that we were actually at, by the way, and it's it's just sort of this fun thing where Sean comes out, talks about how he's going to win the Rumble and challenge Taker at Mania. And then Rey Mysterio, who's getting the title shot at the Rumble, comes out. And he tells Sean to hold on. You're talking about this. Like, I don't have a shot to win the title. And I don't appreciate that at all. And Sean says, laughs. Yeah, Sean says, listen, Rey, I'm sorry. you got to understand. I'm talking like you don't have a shot at winning the title because you don't have a shot at winning the title. Boom, roasted. <laughs> and so... Ray challenges Sean to a match later in the night, and it's a. Josh and I were at the SmackDown yeah, Live, so and it's a great match. In hindsight, so we saw um, Sean. What was it like? Four months, three, three yeah, months out of his retirement. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. It was really cool. Uh, maybe his last best singles match before the Mania match, too. Okay, so after this, we go into the Royal Rumble, right? So okay. the story of the Rumble is essentially Shawn Michaels. The whole story is kind of Sean wants to win 
to fight the Undertaker. That's the biggest angle. That's almost the only angle, except for a few generic, I want to win and fight the champions from some of the other main event level talents, okay? Right. Sean wants to win and challenge the Undertaker specifically. So he comes in kind of second half of the match. He and Triple H are in the ring at the same time. They throw out one or two guys. And then Triple H kind of tweaks his knee at one point. And you see Sean kind of turn sideways, and there's a tease that he might super kick him, but he yep. doesn't. And then, so, and then, yeah, then they get another guy out. And then Sean does do what he did to Diesel, and he super kicks Triple H out of the ring. And Triple H kind of gives, like, the what are you doing? And Sean just sort of looks away. Like, he doesn't say, like, I had to, you know. Right. He just sort of goes, like, he looks away. Like, he's half ashamed, but he can't let this obsession go. Yep. He, he needs this match with The Undertaker. So match continues. Uh, we get down to the final four. It's Batista, John Cena, uh, Shawn Michaels, and the surprise number 29 entrant, which was Edge. Okay? So in the final four, there's a spot where Shawn is just like, I think he's super kicking the world for a second, okay? So he gets knocked over the top rope, but he doesn't touch the floor. And Edge goes over too. Shawn Michaels hits a super kick on Edge, which knocks him back into the ring. And then Batista dives at Shawn Michaels. And instead of, like, doing, like, a wrestling move, like a shoulder block to the stomach or something, he just starts, like, hitting his hands that are holding onto the ropes. And it's very clumsy-looking, like, yeah. in a good way. It looks like they're struggling, like Shawn's trying to hold on and not get hit. And Shawn loses grip, and he falls off the ropes. And he crashes to the floor, and both his feet hit and it's so good that, like, for a second, as a viewer, I remember thinking, is that supposed to happen? Right. Yeah, cause, like, logically, with the way they've built it so far, you're like, all right, everybody loved Tigger Shun 1. They're already talking about the rematch. What could up the game? Because it, it can't just be like a rematch. they got to up the stakes for a rematch, right? Right, and that's uh, right now, Undertaker's the world champion. champion. So you're thinking, the so it'll be champion. for the belt. That'll be the stakes. Right. But then Sean gets eliminated, and it looks accidental almost. But then, like, some refs come over, and Sean, he's kind of holding his, he's got his hands in his hair. He's, like, looking around. He looks panicked, you know? Yeah. He's looking back and forth. A ref kind of says, like, you got to go. You got to go. You got to leave ringside. And Sean knocks down a ref. And he knocks down another ref. And then he slides in the ring, like, no, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. A ref slides in the ring, so it's like, get out of the ring. Sean super kicks that ref. Little Nate, Charles Robinson, he goes flying backwards. And then Sean's just sort of sitting there again, his hands in his hair, looking panicked. Like his eyes are moving back and forth. And another ref doesn't stand up by Sean. He's careful. He just sort of gets half in the ring. So it's like, Sean, Sean, out, out. You got, out, you gotta go, gotta go. And Sean, like, he looks at his hands for a second, like they're shaking, and so he... Drops to his knees, and he kind of slowly rolls out. Edge ends up winning the match. He fights Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. But the story of, like, Sean kind of being obsessed with this match, obsession leads to breakdown. And so now at the Rumble, he didn't win. As Taker said, winning would be your salvation. So winning the Royal Rumble, Sean, is your only chance at salvation. He is seemingly breaking down, okay? And so that takes us to the next night on Raw. But it's Triple H and Sean talking, 
and Triple H saying, listen, I wouldn't have pedigreed you and threw you out of the ring. And Sean says, no, you would. You would have pedigreed me and threw me out of the ring. I know it. And Triple H goes like, all right, yeah, you got a point. Okay, I guess it's okay. And that's kind of how they end it. They're fine, you know. But it's still the problem where Sean can't fight The Undertaker. And so Triple H says, listen, you don't have to fight The Undertaker. DX can have a match at WrestleMania. We've never had a tag match at WrestleMania before. So how it works, you know, right now, DX, Sean, and Triple H, they're the tag team champions. And so they have a title defense and a three-way title match later that night on Raw. And Triple H says, listen, we'll just keep the belts tonight. We'll go on to WrestleMania, you and me. And Sean says, like, okay, okay. And then so they do the triple threat match. And Triple H is, like, dominating. He, like, hits a spine buster. He's about to hit a pedigree, it looks like, on The Miz. And Sean tags himself in on Hunter's shoulder. And jumps in the ring, and Hunter kind of gives, like, a what-are-you-doing type glance at him. Yeah. You know, he kind of throws his arms up, and I think he says it. Miz runs up, pushes Sean into Hunter. Hunter goes down. Miz gets a quick roll-up on Sean. Ref counts to three. Sean gets pinned. DX loses the belts. And so Miz is out there celebrating with Big Show, his tag team partner. Triple H, instead of like being mad about the loss, he's on his knees and he just kind of throws his head back and groans and he looks at Sean and Sean, again, he's on his knees too. He kind of looks at Triple H for a second. He doesn't look angry at all and then he looks away. And so the subtle implication, they don't say it on commentary, but the story you're supposed to think is, okay, Sean just lost the tag belts on purpose. Right. He didn't want to tell his friend, no, I don't want to team with you. There's only one way out of that match without hurting his friend's feelings, and it's losing the tag belt so he can still somehow get a match with Taker. And so Sean essentially throws the match. Yeah. Okay. The next week after that, Triple H says, you know, like, listen, don't worry about the tag belts. It's mistakes happen, but you got to understand, DX, it's one of the best things we've ever had in our career. That would be the WrestleMania moment to get us there. And that's why I've invoked our rematch clause for tonight. The crowd pops. And once again, Sean gets pinned in the match. And again, once again, it seems to be on purpose. And so after the match, this time Triple H is mad. And so you see Sean backstage and Triple H is following him. He's like, has your obsession with The Undertaker gone this far? You're willing to throw DX away. You're willing to throw your career away over this. Just lose matches. And so Sean turns to Triple H and he says, my career is over. And he walks away from his best friend. And that's essentially where Shawn, the story of Shawn Michaels ends going into the next pay-per-view, which he is not a part of, by right. the way. Which is Chamber, right? Elimination okay. Chamber, yeah. This is the first one? Uh, this is the first, the first one titled, titled the Elimination right. Chamber. Okay. Yeah. So, as we said, Undertaker's a champ. That specific match comes down to... Chris Jericho and Undertaker. Yes. So, um, yeah. Elimination Chamber. Um, at the very end, Taker signals for the Tombstone. Yes. Do you want to describe this? Uh, I want to hear if you think this is cool or corny. No, I thought it was cool. I mean, basically, Sean, I don't know. I, where did he come from? He came from, like, under the cage or something? Well, like, so with the Chamber, if you've never seen Elimination you know Chamber, what, yeah. Right. It's like a ring surrounded by like steel grates within like about four feet of steel grates and then like a steel chain link fence cage. Not a cage, but a chain link fence like 
built like 15 feet in the air outside of these steel grates. So Sean is underneath the ring, apparently, or underneath like, the grates. Like, the whole time is the idea? Like, yeah. Like, he's playing put, on like, his phone? Yeah, like, he... He's obsessed, so right. he got to the show early, he hid, waited for the main event, <laughs> and then he moves a grate, a la The Undertaker. But, but the chamber's moving, been out like, there the whole time, so he would have, like, rushed out there while they were putting the thing together. And... I guess so, yeah. He had to be under the grate. <laughs> In real life, he would have rushed out there, but right. yeah, kayfabe. He moves a grate, a la The Undertaker, kind of, like, poking coming. a hole in the ring and playing I think he through. was coming from the depths of hell, James. He could have been coming from the depths of That's what the Undertaker would say. <laughs> he pops uh, in the ring, he super kicks the Undertaker, and then Chris Jericho grabs a pin. Which, real fast. One super kick pinned him. Right. That's it. Right. Of course, we covered that in the You Have Superpowers at WrestleMania, but still, I'm like, wait a second. And also, he did wrestle, like, I don't remember the timeline of that chamber but five other dudes so he would have had a lot of other stuff going on as well it's so. funny what we're talking about and like you know storytelling possible gaps like how did one kick put him down this yeah. time that was actually part of the angle leading into steve austin versus the undertaker at SummerSlam 98 because like there was like this running side feud where it was austin and taker versus kane and mankind and there were illusions that Kane and Taker were actually working together now instead of fighting each other. And so one of the pieces of evidence Vince McMahon pointed out is like, last week, Austin, you and Taker lost the tag belts when Kane chokeslammed your brother and pinned him. And Austin's like, yeah. And Vince goes, didn't you think it's a little weird that at WrestleMania he kicked out of two tombstones and oh. two choke slams?" But last week on Raw, just one choke slam got a pin, and again that was a plot point. And it's it's like, pretty genius events to like turn a weird plot hole into like something that made sense in the <laughs> plot. Um, so anyway, it's one of the good parts of the Attitude Era. Their main event stories were really good, generally. Generally, I love the look on Jericho's face. Like he's like, I he won. Looks, looks like <laughs> he's a little shocked. kid. Yeah. Like, um, Okay, so he wins the belt. Obviously, Taker's not happy. Yeah. Sean just sort of, like, leaves. After he knocks yeah, he out Taker, it. he's like, I did what I came to do. Yep. I'm out. And then the next night on Raw, this is what my... So, before we talk about the segment, I want to talk about running up that hill. So, I think this is to open the show, or either first thing or the second hour. They play one of my favorite videos of all time that WWE production has ever done, Okay. So there was this amazing, like, creepy, wonderful, desperate alternative song called Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush, okay? So it was covered in 2007 by a band called Placebo, okay? They used the Placebo version and make a video of Shawn Michaels being so desperate to fight The Undertaker, being increasingly desperate, you know, crying, kind of descending into, like, just complete out-of-character stuff out of desperation to get in the match. And so the song is this, the singer essentially doing this kind of like slow, desperate, if I could make a deal with God, and then they say, keep running up that hill, keep running up that hill. And so it shows Sean like super kicking referees, throwing officials aside, walking away from Triple H, telling him, you know, my career is over. Uh, kind of snapping at the slamming words, throwing the slamming down on the table scene. Undertaker 
I can beat you. And then they in, in the video ends. It's just a really cool again, this is like over dramatic wrestling video, but I love over dramatic really wrestling like videos. The story, though. Yeah, um, it does such a good job of telling the story. It's I I again I love it. It's one of my favorite videos they've ever done. And then so after that video recaps everything from the past four months and it's interspersed with like footage from WrestleMania twenty five right. and they play it backwards like sean's yeah. reliving all these moments in his mind like you know undoes going, his elbow drop and yeah like he keeps going over it keeps going over it he can't let it go right yeah. and again they just show it in this video it's so good so yeah. when he comes out by the way did you notice the crowd when he came out no they're not cheering and they're not booing ironically it's like the undertaker's old entrances when he first debuted in like 90 early 91 yeah People wouldn't, he was a bad guy, but they wouldn't boo, but they wouldn't take their eyes off him. They would yeah. just stare at him. And so it was such an interesting reaction he, that he got pushed to the moon. He's definitely got the he's got man-possessed like, vibe going he, on. He, like, he, no one could pull off that character nearly as well as he did, I'd say. Um, I'd bet. But yeah, so Sean gets this reaction. He comes to the ring, same music that I wish he would have changed. <laughs> It is weird. But people are just sort of like staring at him very intently like, okay, you tell us what you're going to do next. Well, that's why I feel like this... Uh, that's when wrestling's great, by the way. They can suck you into a story emotionally. This may, was so good. Maybe reading too much into it, but because of his ridiculous song, I feel like his attire sometimes tells the story of like Ooh. what... Is going on like sometimes this is the movie lover and you <laughs> noticing these things. Sometimes he comes out there in a like neon green camo pants and like wristbands and like DX t shirt, mm -hmm. and it's him like being goofy with Triple H and everything. And sometimes like this, he comes out um, cowboy just, like, hat, button down shirt, cowboy hat, jeans. Like he's not messing around, James. Look at you. Um, he says he did what he needed to do. Talking about um, the chamber, um, rumors of Taker possibly being there. Um, he's not just hoping for a reaction, but he's counting. Taker comes out. Sean says he he's begged him for a rematch, and he wouldn't give it to him. That's why he lost the world title. Yeah, um, Sean said, I had to cost you the world title. You were ignoring me. You want revenge for what I did? Will face me at WrestleMania and get your hey, revenge. Hey, and idea. again, the crowd loves WrestleMania. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so when Sean says it this time, finally, right. The Undertaker takes the mic and he utters two words I accept. Yeah. The crowd pops again. Sean kind of nods and he starts to walk away. And then, before he's out of the ring, Taker pulls the mic back up and he says, on one condition. Hair versus hair. <laughs> it's a casket match. <laughs> oh, I've been so mad. Uh, no, it is um, career versus street. Yeah, so The Undertaker actually calls out some of his cheesy stuff a little bit. He says, like, this year, your soul won't be enough. Right, which is my indicator. So, for Undertaker, your soul is basically an L. Like, <laughs> what happened last year... <laughs> Your soul won't be enough. So what happened last year was I took your soul. <laughs> you lost. You lost match. that. So whatever Undertaker says, I'm coming from the soul. He really just means Kamala. He means I'm gonna a win a match. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Taker says you beat me. 
you in the streak, you get all the fame, all the glory, everything that you want. But if I beat you, your career is over. And the crowd like gasped I think, like, and then right cheered. Then they got like uh like like Sean's leaving. Okay. Like this is the end. Like yeah. we knew it was coming. Sean can't wrestle forever. Well Taker can't either now. Right, but I think but his career's I mean, not on the line. So. That and like, and I'm not being sarcastic. He seems like evergreen, right? Like, Taker's not leaving because of his gimmick. He's the yeah. Undertaker. Okay, I just thought like, go ahead. because it's such a big stipulation that Shawn Michaels is such an iconic WWE character. I and again, the word iconic gets tossed around loosely. Like he really is. He's if you were to list top ten WWE ever, he's on the list. I'd say Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. Um, both below Bret Hart. So, <laughs> just kidding. Um, so, yeah, it's like this big, like, <gasps> and then everybody cheers, like, oh, this is big, I this is shit. big, yeah. Um, Sean, shit got real. <laughs> Sean says, mm-hmm, you're wrong. That's it, Sean. The streak versus your career. You don't get it. If I can't beat you at WrestleMania, I have no career. You're on. And they fit, nobody's music plays, they just fade to black on that, and that's what they go to commercial on. So, so you said, essentially from when they announced the match, as a fan, well, like you were keeping up with it at this point. Right. We had went to that SmackDown, we had watched it some at your house, and together, uh, we'd watched all the Rumbles together. Mm-hmm. Were you thinking, okay, Sean's retired? Yeah, honestly, well, I remember mm-hmm. thinking what was going to happen was that Sean was going to win, mm-hmm. but then retire. Anyway, which, unless you convince me otherwise, which you probably will, (laughs) is what I think should have happened. That Sean won? Sean wins, and And then then still voluntarily retires. Um, I will, so that would have been cool, too, but then we would have lost years of, like, great streak matches, you know. Um, We would have lost the Brock win of the... That's one of my favorite Mania moments ever. (laughs) Okay. I, I was. Can I bring up a little thing? Sure. For years, I was annoyed by something about this promo. Okay. So, Sean just cost the Undertaker the belt. Okay. Uh, the Undertaker won the belt after being out for four months, just like Shawn Michaels. After kind of losing a very controversial match to CM Punk, he finally got the win. He held it for like five months, and then Sean cost him. And so the unvocalized story is that Taker is getting late in his career. He's been around a really long time. And so I always wish they would have had The Undertaker say, like, so this is how it is. I fight. I scratch. I claw. I finally get the world title back that I don't think I really lost. And then just because you can't have what you want, just because you can't have what you want, you come in, you cost me what I've been fighting for just so you can get your wish. Is this how it's going to be? I fight, I scratch, I claw, but then at the end of every year, no matter how good I did, 
you come along and take it away just so you can have another shot. And then Sean would say, that's exactly how it's going to be. And then Taker says, okay, you're on. Right. You win, you take the streak. But if I win, your career's over. But, and, and that's it, how I always thought it should have been. But watching it like we did, watching all the Media 25 stuff, and then all this build in a row... I didn't think it missed that at all. It's For weird some reason, I thought it made perfect sense. I don't know that I obviously didn't have it like that written out in my head, but I did think like like if I was Taker, I'd be pretty pissed. Like, right. He kind of just when he comes out there, you think any other time in wrestling, he would have been like, "Hold me back!" Like there would have been a pull apart. Like yeah, they're about to go at it. But he's basically <laughs> just standing there looking at him like like he just smelled a fart. <laughs> and then Sean says, like, please wrestle me. And he's like, all right. Like, it, it is kind of weird. But it's awesome enough that it happened that no one really cares. Yeah. And they and they cover this, like, The Undertaker saying that your career has to be on the line. Okay? They cover this um, next week. All right. So, so they don't do anything the else. The Raw on 3-1, James. What do you have I love now? so much. You did? Okay. This is great Shawn Michaels so this work is... here, man. He is killing it. as Like, Shawn Stone is one of the best of all time in ring. If they don't mention his character work, then he is being sold short. Because he is on fire like, as a character. I, you, like, 100% believe him. I actually showed it to Jess. I had already watched it, but I wanted to show her again. Because I was like, this is one of those things where he's saying scripted things or whatever. But you're kind of like... Does he really think some of this stuff, you know? Um, so basically, Sean comes out, says that no one in the locker room will look him in the eye because they don't believe that he can beat The Undertaker. He believes he can end the streak for all his peers who don't give them an opportunity to come out and look him in the eye, man to man, and tell him that he can't, we- can't win. And when so, he says that, whose music hits? Well, uh, okay, so Triple H's music hits. Um, but when he says it, you're kind of thinking, like, first of all, this adds to the, like, Sean is obsessed, right? Because it's like, he got what he wanted, and he's still like, all right, but but no one believes me that I can beat him. You know, like, yeah. he's just, like, snapped. It's the classic, like, American story. It's not enough right. to be successful. It's like, you have to be successful with the whole world Everybody, against you. Yeah. Everyone will frame their story like that. And I don't know, like, you would assume maybe recent feuds he had, maybe like Jericho with the Chamber stuff, like, whoever would come out. What you would not expect is Triple H's music to hit. Still maybe thinking, like, are they going with, like, a triple set? Like, some, I mean, probably not that, but playing off the recent stuff with Triple H and him, their animosity. But he comes out, he says, um, Sean starts to kind of immediately defensively say stuff like, you've never believed in me, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Triple H stops him, he's like, stop, like, I I know that you can beat him at Mania. And he says like this stuff where he's like, this is just me and you right now, like, don't worry about the crowd, you know, like, basically we're just growing it up right now. So he says that he's, this is that part I mentioned last episode, he's wrestled everyone and he can tell him from the bottom of his heart that he's the best that he's ever been in the ring with. You talk about your peers in the locker room, but you have no peers, which is awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, DX, DX will never die. Like it's Hulkamania or something. (laughs) (laughs) Which one died first, James? (laughs) Um, But he would hate hate for the last image of us together in the ring to be them losing to... And what sucks is... And there's a... He's invoked their rematch clause tonight. There's a DX chant. What sucks here, James, is I'm like so excited watching this because I just... I love them together. 
and I and I start thinking too, like, yeah, he's only got like a few weeks left. Like, let him have some awesome Triple H, you know, yeah, tag yeah. match. And of course, they freaking blow it with the schmoz ending. I'm like, do you not think everybody's on board with Undertaker, Sean? Like, do we really have to do this again? Like, just let them have a match, you know? Um, They've had so many matches, though. (laughs) I know, but it's just, I don't know. But it's a short match. Taker comes on the screen and basically just, it's his face. He rolls his eyes back. Looking at him. I kind of wondered if this is like (laughs) a pre-recorded thing and he's going to show up behind him or something, but. Yeah, so Taker rolled his eyes into the back of his head. I'm pretty sure Josh rolled his eyes right in front of the screen when that (laughs) happened. Uh, But it distracts Sean. Miz rolls him up and the world's fastest count, one, two, three. Yeah, Miz wins with a roll-up like it's a Divas match from 2009 (laughs) or something. Like uh, two... Like, two uh, choke slams and last rides couldn't do it, but Miz rolling you up could. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't say Dave's match. Maybe just a Kelly Kelly match. <laughs> Roll up! Kelly Kelly win! <laughs> Sorry, not Twitter. No, fine. Um, so the next week on Raw. Oh, before we go sure. there, I want to bring up one really cool thing, okay? Hunter says, I know you can beat The Undertaker, which is really cool. Keep that in mind if you go watch the stuff a year later. When Triple H fights The Undertaker at WrestleMania, there's this great symmetry moment where Sean comes out and the final go-home build, and he turns to Triple H and he says, why do you think you can succeed where I failed? And so Triple H gives an answer. The Undertaker tells Hunter, you know, I'm going to end you. I'm going to take everything you're worth. You're going to doubt yourself forever. And if you don't believe me, ask your little friend, Shawn Michaels. And Triple H kind of says, Shawn, tell The Undertaker why I'm going to win at WrestleMania. And Shawn won't look at Triple H. And then he jumps out of the ring. And then Triple H yells down like, Shawn, what are you doing? And Shawn looks back up at him. And he says, you can't win. I'm sorry. You can't win. And he walks off. So it's this Triple H is a better friend than Shawn. That's what it is. And that plays into the Shawn Michaels character. Shawn's always put, Triple him. H is putting himself over even as a better friend than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best friend ever. I believe in everybody. And then Triple H came out and uh, gave a pedigree to the entire tag division. <laughs> <laughs> Held up all the belts. Yeah. Okay. He is the game. <laughs> so... Anyway, sorry. You're... You were on the 3-8 Raw. Yeah, I, I gotta be honest. I have stuff, but not much happened. It's basically a I, I've got back a and forth. I've got a lot for this, okay? Okay. So 3-8 Raw, Sean Taker promo. Taker says Sean has had a black cloud over his career since last year's Mania, and it brings him no joy to say this. But in three weeks, Sean's career will rest in Sean's music hits. And Sean says, you don't get to finish your line tonight. You haven't earned that right. Not yet. And then Sean says that last week after losing the DX match, he went to bed angry, he was frustrated, but then he went to sleep. And when he woke up, he had an epiphany. He interfered in the Undertaker's match because he had to. The Undertaker wouldn't give him a match unless he did something like that to provoke him. But the Undertaker didn't have to interfere in his match. So why do it? It's because for the first time in his, and then Sean says with sarcasm, cold black heart, says, there exists fear. And if you're Sean, this makes perfect sense. Uh, The Undertaker didn't have to turn down the challenge. He didn't have to force Sean to put his career up. Sean's thinking, he's clearly afraid of me. 
The Undertaker tells him to pick his next words carefully, and then Sean gets right in his face and loudly yells, Fear! And he says, Taker is the only one who knows how close I came last year, which is why you made me put my career out. Because you thought it would intimidate me and that I'd say no, but I didn't. And then Sean hits the note he hits he hit last year. He still believes this, you know, this is nothing lasts forever. Nothing. And at WrestleMania, I'm going to prove it. I thought this promo was the bees and ease. I'd give it an A plus. And you tell you Undertaker says he can't tell if Sean exudes confidence or if he's looking at a pitiful man full of desperation. And Sean says, I'm not desperate. He says, last year I would have taken any countout disqualification, but not this year. So much on the line. This year I want no DQ, no, no countout, only pinfall and submission. And then he says, and, and tells the Undertaker, and I'm going to kick your teeth down your throat. And, man, just watching these, I wanted to play... I want to play the whole promos like on our podcast. I know that we can't, <laughs> but they're so episode. freaking good. Yeah, listener, if you have the WWE Network, go watch these. They're masterclass stuff. And Taker says, you know, so let it be, Sean. You have chosen your own demise. And uh, he kind of goes over all the nicknames that Sean has. You know, Mr. WrestleMania, the show stopper. And then he gets his, like, massive MMA glove, and he throws it in Sean's face with a point, and he yells, No! Not this year. And again, Josh's favorite. He says, I'm going to throw open the gates of hell with a frosty, the likes of which you've never seen, to ensure that at WrestleMania, your career is over. Sean tells Taker, keep telling yourself that, because after <laughs> WrestleMania, the dark cloud's going to come back. But it's not going to be over me. It's going to hang over you, following you, haunting you. And what it's going to be is the image of me ending your WrestleMania streak. And this is so freaking good. Completely foreshadows what happens five and a half freaking years later when Taker does lose the streak. And then he comes back 18 months after losing the streak to attack the guy that beat him for it. Because Taker was obsessed and yep. he couldn't let it go. So the symmetry, the foreshadowing, the symbolism of the dark cloud, which comes up in the build to next year's WrestleMania, also when Taker says Sean can't get over this. Love it. Love it. And then we go to SmackDown uh, March 12th. I really didn't have anything there, did you? Uh, Taker buries Drew McIntyre in the main event. Just kidding. Yeah. Sean yeah. <laughs> comes out, right? Yeah, basically it's kind of mirroring the the other time he does this. Comes out and tries the chin music. You think, oh no, this time he's caught him. He's going to choke slam him. But he jumps out and chin music him anyway. So yeah, it's right. kind of like... So the go-home show for 322. Um, so yeah, we're skimming a couple little things here that are sort of inconsequential. Sean and Austin talk for a second. Oh yeah. yeah. I, did, I actually went back and watched that just because I saw Austin on the playlist. Yeah, like, um, Sean says, do you think I can beat Taker? And Austin says, yeah, but I don't think you will. And Sean says, I knew you'd give me the truth, and I'll prove you and everyone else wrong. So, again, Sean's framing this as it's the whole world. At this point, it's not him versus Taker. It's the whole world versus him. And Taker just represents the whole world. It's like, it's no one believes in me that I'm the best there is right now and I'm going to prove it and so so the go home show Sean comes out yeah Sean comes out after the Taker Drew match he super kicks the Undertaker which is like a callback to the bill to Wrestlemania 25 so that's kind of cool 
Then again, it sort of shone with the one-upsmanship. So go home raw. Okay, so he's back to his t-shirt. So he's happy Sean again. He's excited about Mania. I liked this. He said that he has a DVD set coming out called My Journey. Mm -hmm. Kind of signifying the end, right? Well, clear off some room on that DVD show because I'm about to give you volume two. The crowd pop for that line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, this isn't the end, but it's the beginning. Lights go out, waiting for it to happen here. Didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, the lights have been going out in the garage every time we talk about The Undertaker and the lights going out following the dong. The show, uh, HBK highlight reel, which, again, whatever. Like, I don't know. I feel like they kind of overdid some of the, like, the lights go out, and now we're going to play a video. Like, and that know. was a callback to the previous year's Mania Bill, too. Like, you know, the Super Kick was right. a callback. And this year, Taker plays a video of Sean's career, but it ends with him getting beat at WrestleMania 25. Yeah. And then at the end of the video, it says Shawn Michaels, 1985-2010, which was the date of this WrestleMania. And then a giant old WTF, Pete Rose's music hits. <laughs> and by his music, oh. I mean, I think it's like the Before that, though, Fox NFL. Right. Shawn calls Taker out. He says, I appreciate your attempt at intimidation, but if you have something to say... Why don't oh, you yeah. come out here yeah. and say it to my face? Cool, it's the week before Mania. It's going to happen, right? No. Taker doesn't come out, you know. Pete Rose comes yeah, out. Yeah, Pete Rose comes out. <laughs> I, I thought this was great. I love the Pete Rose Kane running gag. I love that, too, but so close to the end of Sean's career. <laughs> Get out of here. Sean's looking at him like, dude, why are you... What are you doing? Yeah, so if you don't know this, like there was this running WrestleMania gag where Pete Rose would always appear at Mania and try to beat up Kane, and Kane would always get the better of him and end up like choke slamming him or tombstoning him. And so Pete Rose is hosting Raw this week, and he, that means he gets to make the matches. So he says, Sean, listen, I've got this thing with Kane I need to resolve. This is like, this started in 1998, and it's 2010, and Pete Rose still hasn't been able to get one up I, on I Kane. I want your second to last match to be... <laughs> so he has Sean at home take care of the undertaker's brother kane yep. on raw sean says yeah he says yep i love the cincinnati red so i'll do it for you yeah by the way kane shows the super kick in a really cool way here he like stumbles backwards like a giant and then falls down yeah i dig it mm -hmm. uh taker appears after the lights go out again the dong drops and taker comes <laughs> <laughs> sorry let me <laughs> we should take that out that's, that's Twitter, why right? Taker's there to choke slam. A choke slam, um, Shawn Michaels. I do like this because finally he finally gets right. a choke slam on Shawn Michaels. It's kind of like, like two years of build. The uh, frustrated Taker that was from the first build mm -hmm. kind of is coming back, and I don't know. He sells it as if like, yeah, I finally freaking got him. Not even the choke slam, but just like the catching him yeah. part. He's like, you're not going anywhere. Lights go out again. Come back on. Kane's there instead. They're brothers so that they can just like teleport back and forth. Mm -hmm. Kane covers him. Loved this. He kicks out. Yes. Any other time when that kind of stuff happens, interference. It's, a ball. Yeah. it's just that's it. And the crop hop for that too ends up winning with Chen music. Everybody's excited about Mania twenty six. Yeah. Yeah. Um so they come out Mania twenty six. Alright, we're at WrestleMania twenty six, so yes. first thing WrestleMania 25, we kind of talked about, it didn't go on last, and it should have. You know, right. The main event, kind of, the crowd was just dead for it. This year, they didn't make that mistake. They put Sean Taker on last. Which, for me, was like an, another like checkbox that 
this is probably this gonna happen. Okay, so you were pretty sure this was it. Okay. Yeah. Sean, when he comes out, like when he came out for WrestleMania 25, you know, he had the big grand entrance and he descended from the heavens and he was like his normal excited self coming to the ring, you know? Yep. And this one, he's very solemn. Like, uh, no BS, Sean. Michaels. Yeah, I think he's wearing like brown and tan, right? Yep. And he, he just looks like he has a job to do and he's here to do it. He's going to end the streak and he's taking it seriously. And then The Undertaker comes out. And again, he also... Riding a Harley. No. (laughs) He also just sort of has this sullen look on his face. Like, he has an important job to do. Just in Shawn Michaels' career. And they go nose to nose. Shawn slits the throat to kind of, one last time, mock The Undertaker. And then we're off to the races. So there's some back and forth. There's a choke slam relatively early on, but Sean kicks out. That was one thing that kind of bummed me out, James, that okay. Sean is attacking his knee. He does a spot where he goes over the top rope, mm-hmm. and you can literally see him like in his mind, like, I'm going to do that thing that I do because it's my last match. And he like straight up can't do the flip back into the ring. Oh, yeah. So he kind of just sits sideways and scoots almost like like I'm trying to get on a pole float. Like, Okay, I, I know the exact spot you're talking yeah. about. I took it as like he was about to flip back in the ring and then thought, wait, no, I have something to do here. Because what he did there was like a moonsault from the ring apron off the ropes on the taker. So if he would have went back in the ring, he would have had to go back out again to do that moonsault. Yeah. But then maybe he was just supposed to do a normal poncho. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I know the spot you're talking about. It looks a little weird. But he goes back out. Taker, Tombstone, on the floor. On the floor. Which is a callback to Taker's match with Jake the Snake Roberts. So like last year, we're sort of redoing some history spots here. Yeah. Doing some callbacks. And this, to me, like this match just had a little bit more meat. Like mm-hmm. it is more of the same as far as finishers, but they're like... Sean outside, worked in the leg. Or, yeah, yeah, like, a la Bret Hart. Different yeah. stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a chin music kick out, a crazy high last ride. I thought that, yeah, last that ride was, was amazing. Awesome. Another kick out. Um, Sean did an ankle lock, which was a callback to his WrestleMania match with Kurt Angle. Yep, that so that was, awesome. was kind of cool. Taker goes for a last ride through the announce table, and Sean flips out, gives him a kind of sloppy chin music, but Taker fumbles back and lays down perfectly for <laughs> something possibly happening off the top right. rope. And so, like, Sean had been working on the leg the whole match, right? Yep. Sean, take her on a table outside the floor. Sean climbs to the top rope and does a moonsault onto The Undertaker's injured leg. Yes. Which would be very hard to aim. And it looked cool, you know. And when Sean hits this... Taker goes down, he's holding his knee, he's like crying out in pain, the Undertaker, and Shawn Michaels jumps to his feet and like throws his arm forward with like a, almost like a fist pump thing, just like did it like he had just hit a home run, you know, got it, got it. Yeah, I love Shawn in this moment because like he starts picking up the Undertaker trying to like get him into the ring, right? which of course is hard to do for a guy his yeah, size. Yeah, it's like the struggle of Sean to push Taker from that spot into the ring is in itself it's super like pure cool. desperation. See, yeah, you see him like just trying so hard, like pushing and pulling, doing every which way to get Taker into the ring for the pin. I love it. And um, Taker kicks out at two. Kicks out at two. Well, no, he pushes him back to the ring, he lands pin music, kicks out. Yeah. Goes for it again. Taker grabs him. Does a choke slam. Tombstone, you think that's it, right? 
kick out. Um, yeah, Sean kicks out of the tombstone. Starts to do the throat slit thing, and he stops. I thought it was relatively confusing until Michael Cole tells us that he respects the career of HBK too much to do to finish the throat slit. Before we get to this very sure. serious moment, what did you think about Slim Jim sponsoring the show? <laughs> I do not have an opinion on I thought it was really distracting. <laughs> really? They, at WrestleMania, they have WrestleMania banners everywhere, man. And it looks super cool every year. So this year, Slim Jim sponsored it. And I guess they paid enough to actually have their product's logo on I, the WrestleMania banner. Now that you say that, I remember that, yeah. Right. So my Randy Savage loving heart, and my sister loves Randy Savage, which makes me like many more. Hi, Heather. I love my sister a lot. I love you, Heather. She loves Randy Savage. That was her first favorite. He rules. Yeah, he does. So seeing these Slim Jim logos, I thought was super cool. But also, by like the time they appeared in like the 20, 20th shot, I don't know if I'm brainwashed. I couldn't not let my eyes like drift off to the Slim Jim logo for well, a second. When I got here, James, you were eating like three different Slim Jim. Like, I was snapping into flavor it. <laughs> did you get that mm, when he did that? The throat slash thing and then stop. Did you, like, did that resonate at all? It did. Like, so I thought this was sort of, again, like, we had the callback to the Jake match, callback to the Angle match. And this I thought was like a callback to the Flair match. Okay. Like, he goes, like, I'm going to finish this, and then he hesitates. So, like, he doesn't do the throat slash. Yeah, he doesn't do the throat slash. He just kind of turns to Sean and yells, Stay down. And then Sean starts grabbing And Sean is, like, pulling himself up on the Undertaker. He's like, wrestling tights yes and then sean sean does, the does throat like slap. sean completes the throat set yes. that undertaker what and undertaker's eyes kind of like raise and yeah. then sean uses his last bit of energy to slap the undertaker like yeah. screw you do what you came here to do don't you take pity on me and when he slaps him like every vein and the undertaker's neck Pops out like veins on top of veins. The Undertaker does this growl, grabs him, picks him up like he weighs nothing, jumps into the air, and drops with a tombstone. I can't remember the Undertaker ever doing a jumping tombstone before this. Yeah, pretty emphatic. Yeah, and so he crosses Sean's arms. One, two, three. Sean's he doesn't collapse this time. He doesn't collapse. The Undertaker has definitively won. He was right, apparently, the whole time. The result would be the same. And it was Sean's desperation and his ego that ended his career. All right, let's talk about this match for a minute, okay? okay. So we kind of split on WrestleMania 25. Right. I thought that they seemed like they were lost for the first half of this match. Yeah. And I, I thought the end kind of came out of nowhere. I noticed that thing with Sean with the flip back into the ring and then a few other spots. It definitely looked like they were one year older, let's just say. Okay. Which is why, like, pretending that Saudi Arabia stuff never happened, this is why I love Sean for choosing his retirement. Like, he, like Jess was saying when we were watching it, like, oh, he looks kind of rough. Like, they look kind of old. I'm like, yeah, that's why this is awesome because... Sean knows, like, okay, I'm done, this is it, let this be the end, and, yeah. you know, not pull a Ric Flair, you know. Oh my gosh. Kind of stuff, so. That's amazing that you thought that, because that comes up in the Bill the Triple H Taker, in so, that go-home promo. Okay. Where um, Triple H, Sean's out there, and he kind of tells Taker, listen, there's no one 
I respect as much as Shawn Michaels in this business, except for you. Shawn and I had an arrangement where if either one of us ever noticed the other one was slowing down, where we weren't as good as right. we once were, we would tell the other one, it's time. And then Triple H says, so Undertaker, I'm coming to you right now, and I'm telling you, it's time. And the crowd goes like, Ooh, <laughs> it, it's a gr- that whole promo. I mean, Sean and I are pretty great. symbiotic, you know. So yeah, you guys think a lot. <laughs> um, I think alike a lot. So I gotta ask you, Chains. So anyway, sorry. Your thoughts on WrestleMania 26 this match? Oh right, right. Um, I don't know. Like they, they definitely looked aged, and it did. The end felt a little bit out of nowhere, but I just liked this match more than 25. I don't know if it's just from the build or what, but it wasn't too different, which I think makes sense as to why Meltzer gave it the exact same. Okay, so. I thought it was significantly worse. Okay. Like, I I gave the first one, you know, like maybe 4.75 sounds about fair to me. I think the rematch, like, four? I thought it was lacking a couple. I feel like I pretty ways. much would flip those. Okay. So four for the first and 4.75. Okay, so that... That was the match, James. Uh, I still have another question about the match. So why did Sean lose? Okay, here's what uh, went on, okay? The Undertaker was undefeated at WrestleMania, and if he lost to Shawn Michaels, whose soul would he reap at the showcase of the Immortals, Josh? (laughs) Is is that the long-term planning we were talking about? I believe that's the internal logic that went on, but, but also, also, so... In the real world at the time, I had read before this match, a couple of years prior, I'd read, I think during the Ric Flair build, somebody asked Sean a question in an interview, have you thought about retirement? And this was never part of the show, but I remember him saying, well, I gave the person that matters a date. And that was all he said, okay? But he just recently told this story at a a stand-up show that they did in England, and I saw a clip on YouTube. So this is what happened, okay? After WrestleMania 25, he was driving home or to the airport with his wife, and they're just quiet for a second, and he said, you know what, kind of wish that had been my last one. I don't think I'm going to do any better than that. And his wife said, really? And he said, yeah. And she said, well, I mean, we'd love to have you home. You know, like, we're ready. We'd love to have you home more. And so... he said, okay, well, let's talk about it. And so he and his wife started talking about possibly retiring soon, okay? A couple months later, now, he hadn't said anything to anybody at this point. A couple months later, Michael Hayes, the lead writer for SmackDown, calls Sean on the phone. And he says, hey, what would you think about doing you and Undertaker again at WrestleMania? And, like, you know, this is, like, ten months out of WrestleMania, Okay. And so he says, like, well, you know, I'd, I wouldn't be against that. That'd be great. It's like, I mean, we'll have to up the six. We'll put, like, your career on the line or something. But don't worry. We'll find a way to bring you back. And so Sean just went, like, okay. And he says, nobody ever brought it up again. Okay. It's like, and plans change all the time. So he didn't really put, put much thought into it. But he and his wife kept talking, like, what about retirement? You know, what if, you know, we do this soon? And so then it came time for the Slammy Awards. This is in December, okay? So Sean versus Undertaker, they're going to win match of the year. So it's the night of the Slammies, and Sean says, Hey, Michael, are we doing this Taker thing? Because I can start building the angle tonight. And Michael goes, uh, I don't know. And it's like, well, can we find out? Because this would 
be the perfect time. And, you know, uh, Michael's like, oh, let's go find vents. So let's go find vents. So Sean and Michael, PSA, is go like running around looking for vents. And they talk to vents, you know, sounds like, so yeah, you know, I've been wanting to retire. This would be the perfect time to go out. Why don't you just do it at WrestleMania? But we, we're not going to get a better opportunity than to start building this angle tonight. Is this okay for WrestleMania? And this is like, oh, well, I mean, there, there's a lot of possibilities. I, I, I like it for sure, but, you know, let, let's think about this. And so they kind of went, basically went back and forth, and it's Monday Night Raw, and, like, things are crazy the day of a show, right? Yep. So it really came down to, like, the segment before Sean was about to come out, I think, if I'm remembering this right. And he said something like, are we doing this or not? And they're like, huh, well, hmm, this is tough. And so I was like, I'm just going to go out there and do it, okay? I'm going to do it, and if we end up not doing it, we'll find a way out of it. But I'm going to go out there and do it. So he walked out in front of the live crowd like two minutes later and said, Undertaker, I know I can beat your WrestleMania. And that's how the angle kicked off. And then at the end, of like after that happened, apparently the Undertaker sent Michael Hayes and Vince McMahon a, te a text that said, hey... So I guess I'm finding Sean again at WrestleMania. <laughs> like, uh, you weren't supposed to find out that Right. Way. So he had to lose because he wanted to lose. Because he wanted to retire. He wanted to be with his family. So, James, can I ask then? But also, who yep. else would reap the soul, Josh? <laughs> For... The Undertaker can't reap his own soul at home. It's got to be out of the showcase of immortals. <laughs> For 26, then, why did he have to go 0-2? Is it just he was leaving and... The Undertaker streak was still intact, and he was going to be wrestling more. I mean, to me, it seemed like I'm biased again. But you want Sean, like, to Sean, like just win the win match and then Owen retire. To, yeah, go out. You know, go out on your back. That's the thing, right? Yeah, go, go out. out on the back. So you want to lose? If you're a pro wrestler, it is sort of a thing of honor. Go out on your back. You want to lose your last match. But I guess I think that that usually applies to putting somebody younger over, right? Well, Taker, it seems like, hey, we're two of the two of the best of our generation. Let's just split it even and okay, let so the fans always dream about a, a third match or something. I had no intention of talking about this, but this is – I'm really glad you That's brought that up. That's the theme of our podcast. Right. Okay. So putting somebody younger over is a classic misnomer among what are called smart fans or smart smart marks. Wait a second. Smart are you talking about me, James? I'm talking about myself, too. I thought the same thing for years. So here's the thing. If you push somebody too hard, and by push we mean like elevate their position on the roster and in the show. If you push them too hard, it will effectively ruin their career and their credibility with fans, Okay. This happened with Roman Reigns. Say, see Roman Reigns. Yeah, see Roman Reigns. They made this guy, Roman Reigns, the number one guy in the business in the WWE. He main evented like three WrestleManias in a row. And every time he did, WrestleMania just ended on like this wet fart yeah. note. He even beat The Undertaker. He beat The Undertaker. <laughs> Every time he would come out, people would boo, and they'd boo the match, and people would turn their back sometimes. And again, it sounds obvious, like, well, why would they do that? There are tons of other demographics. Like, he was selling the most merch. He was getting the most YouTube views. He was loved by talk shows. His ratings, like, his segments would go up in ratings. But there was a segment of the audience, and a lot of these, this audience, were the paying customers to the live shows. Right. They hated him. Unfortunately, it's not really a live show business anymore. There's, like, so many revenue streams in WWE that the live audience is not the most important factor anymore. But, it, like, 
it makes sense like, oh, I'll put it over somebody young because, you know, they'll make their whole career. But if you don't have a guy at that level, it might be more important to, like, say, make The Undertaker streak mean even more because whereas, like, you know, 23, 24 was like, oh, yeah, streak's a big deal. When he beat Sean at 25, that elevated the streak. And when he beat him at 26, essentially, from that point on... It was like, it's never going to be beaten. Yeah, until he lost the streak, that was the biggest match at WrestleMania. Like, that was, with the exception of maybe Cena Rock 1, maybe Cena Rock 2, that was the main event. Yeah. The true main event. Okay. So you want to talk about his retirement the next night? Uh, sure. What, do you, what so, do you have down? I didn't even bring my notes for his retirement. Well, I, um, I've told you before, I'm a sucker for retirement speeches yes and this one takes a cake for me because it's sean so yeah let's break it down real quick sean michaels loses the match like we talked about the next time on monday night raw is like a sean michaels tribute night they play clips from his career it's weird because like everybody just kind of knows like he i don't think unless i'm wrong like you said it didn't make it well they did do the career match stuff right but still, like, it's wrestling. It was first career, yeah. It's wrestling, though. People have had, like, I quit matches or uh, not I quit, but, you know, loser leaves town matches that meant, nothing. that meant nothing. And I think a lot of people were just kind of like, we know this is the end for him. Like, Well, Sean, just... I think the reason why they knew is that in his speech, Shawn Michaels specifically said, I'm going to do my best to keep my word to The Undertaker and not wrestle another match. Because I yep. think the crowd started chanting one more match. Do you think like the next night? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think they were chanting it during that retirement speech because he kind of looked yeah. at him like, "Can you not? <laughs> like, can you yeah. let me have my moment?" Uh, I love. We're gonna do it. Our next episode is this like abstract idea of uh, just our favorite things in wrestling. Yes, anything, and, anything oof, at all. I don't know if this will be on that list, but one of my favorite things is like when you can tell that stuff's getting real like yeah oh that's so cool which happens a lot in retirement matches which is why i love them i guess where Mm -hmm. they come out and you're like oh this is gonna be an angle like kevin owens is getting fired you know whatever the meta moment but then you're like hold on like i think this is real (laughs) um so that definitely happened with this yeah i have it here the crowd chanted please don't go because apparently they wanted to watch him die in the ring Um, (laughs) after that (laughs) after that last match um, then they start chanting, thank you, Sean. He says he has to thank them. And you know, Sean's kind of like, kind of like me. Like he is always like a second away from crying. So yes. this, uh, speech, there's a lot of him like getting choked up and everything. You know, he's an emotional guy because in his, I lost my smile speech. He says, I'm an emotional guy straight up. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. But anyway, he comes out, take her. The music hits right away. No, oh, tell me a lie. And basically so. comes out and <laughs> I had forgot what happened, but I'm sitting there watching this with Jess and I'm like, I bet he tips his cap and walks away. <laughs> and he literally just tips his giant cowboy hat and then just walks away. away. (laughs) What can he do? Like, Sean. I know. Um, Of all the souls I've drug into the depths of hell. I mean, if Sean's soul is gone, then how's he walking around in the ring? I mean, I don't understand. Sounds like Taker's threats are idle, right? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, he thanks Hunter for being his friend when no one else would, like, go near him. Mm -hmm. And he definitely gets choked up during that spot, and I did too. I gotta, I gotta thank Hunter for being my friend when absolutely nobody else in the world wanted to touch me. Um, there are a lot of people that didn't like me many, many years ago. Um, I was not an easy person to be around. 
And, and Hunter, buddy, you never once left my side. And... You know, in this line of work, I mean, it's, it's a tough line of work, and everybody talks about how it's tough to have real friendships, and it is. But I tell you, Hunter, I thank you so much for the real friendship that I have been able to share with you for the last 16 years. I love when you can tell that people are actual best friends, too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. in real life, and they're always, you know what I mean? You can just tell, like, they're they're bros yeah um and i kind of like that made me think of like how sean is in nxt now like sean for the longest time wasn't really showing up he'd show up every now and then to like build rate ratings for mania or something but he's pretty much been gone for a long time and then he came back as like a what is he? he's like a Shawn michaels is considered by many to be the greatest in-ring performer of all time and he's helping guys put together matches in NXT. So if you've ever wondered, my gosh, what's been up with their match quality the last two years? It's been off the page. Sean is right there helping them. But so. I love that because it's like Hunter's, you know, Hunter's it's baby. It's his inner circle, yeah. And he's got Sean that, like, you know. Anyway, uh, he says he has to thank Bret Hart, which is pretty awesome, James. Yep. They, um, they made up that January. That was cool. He said back in the 90s, I drove him crazy. Uh, he thanks him for forgiving him. I mean, he's going like just full like that was amazing. You know, retire like re- like office retirement speech. Like, just... did you ever see that backstage clip after he lost the retirement match with him and Brett? Mm, a- after this match? Yeah, after WrestleMania no. twenty six. It's on YouTube. Oh my it's gosh. just a nice little moment. Up. There's no you can't pick up the audio, but like Sean is still in his tights. I think Brett's like dressed, and like they walk up and like they shake hands and they hug, and you just see them like exchange a few sentences and then like they laugh and like rep pats him on the shoulder and Sean like nods and he walks away it's just like this nice little private moment that they happen to catch on camera that's and, awesome yeah it was sweet it was nice I yeah. find that. um and then lastly he thanks the fans thanks jesus and of course my lord and savior jesus christ i thank you my king for saving me To Rebecca, Cheyenne, and Cameron, baby's daddy's coming home. And he says he's got to go out the way that he came in, and he says the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels has left the building. Is that like his first promo in the WWE was something about Elvis or something? No. Oh my gosh, you don't. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this was really so this was super fun when he first became a heel. Okay. Yeah. Turn on Marty Jannetty. And then Mr. Perfect called him the Heartbreak Kid, and he started adopting that as his moniker. Moniker. They would do this gimmick where he would wrestle a squash match on Superstars, and then like three segments later, they'd cut to the ring, and it would be an empty ring with the ring announcer, and he or she would go, Ladies and gentlemen, Shawn Michaels has left the building. I love that so much. They, I don't remember that, that at for all. Months. It was so good. That's awesome. Because he's a heartbreak kid. Yeah. Like the heartbreak hotel. And and like even so they were doing it like right away. So even at WrestleMania eight, like in the middle of like between segments, Bobby Heenan says, Wait, wait, I just got a piece of paper. 
Gorilla Shawn Michaels has left the building. Oh my gosh. And Gorilla I, goes, who cares? That's awesome. I yeah. love that. All right, James. Well, that wraps up this four-part feud. All right, so um, let's go over. All right, sure. I want to rank the matches, of and then I want to compare this to Brett Owen. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there is no comparison to Brett Owen, but go ahead. <laughs> all right. So first of all, let's rank Brett Owen. We did the four singles matches. Yes. So let's do that here, okay? So we got Ground Zero. Hell in a Cell, WrestleMania 25, and WrestleMania 26. Oh, you're putting me on the side. I can't remember which one I liked more. It's probably in I these remember four it. episodes. You liked Hell in a Cell better. Okay, that's what I thought. So I think five-star ratings, the Meltzer ratings. The Meltzer, yeah. Um, so Bad Blood. I think on WrestleTalk on YouTube they call that the douchebag scale. But, but they love Dave Meltzer, too. But just, you're a douchebag if you're rating wrestling matches, right. basically. I rate wrestling matches. <laughs> <laughs> Josh does, too. Um, yeah, so four stars for the first one. Five stars for the second, second one. Okay. WrestleMania 4.25 for the next two. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'd go five stars for Ground Zero. Five stars for Hell in a Cell. I'd go five stars for WrestleMania 25. And... There is some outage with me. I don't get WrestleMania 26. I just, when I watch it, I keep thinking, like, the f- they keep, like, restarting. Like, the flow just isn't there. So I'd go, like, and again, personal enjoyment, I'd go, like, three stars, maybe 3.25 for WrestleMania 26. It's a good match. It's just not a very good match. Gotcha. One of these days, I'll probably be like, I was wrong the whole time. I forgot that. Hell in a Cell is actually 4.99 because it didn't have a clean finish. Wait, but you, you changed your mind. You said that <laughs> because it's Kane and he was around for 20 years. In the no, main that, event. that's true. I did change my mind. You're right. Did you change it back? No, I just have a bad memory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. They're all really good. Okay, so you'd go um, Hell in a Cell, number one. WrestleMania 26, number two. WrestleMania 25, number three. And Ground Zero, number four. Yeah. Right? Right, I'd go Hell in a Cell number one, Ground Zero number two, WrestleMania twenty five number three, and um, WrestleMania twenty six number four. And then DX versus the um, <laughs> the Brothers of Destruction. The Brothers of Destruction. Which we didn't even. I give that six stars. I <laughs> I suggested to Josh that we cover it as like an epilogue at some point. <laughs> I, think I just, just don't like, even. Nope. Yeah, no. <laughs> the only thing I did think of is that promise that he made to Undertaker. I wonder if the way that he rationalizes it in his head is that he's still wrestling The Undertaker, so it's okay. Well, I mean, I think the way they all rationalized it, like this was a show in Saudi Arabia, and wrestlers get an ungodly amount of money to main event Saudi Arabia shows. So, like, ten years, gosh, okay, nine years after, eight, about eight years after this, eight and a half years, they do a one-off tag team match with Shawn Michaels and Triple H against The Undertaker and Kane in a tag team match in Saudi Arabia. And I'm pretty sure it was just, like, Vince called up Sean. Sean probably called Takers, like, hey, so they're going to pay me X million for this match. It's with you. Would you care? He's like, and I'm sure Taker went, like, no, I get it. I'm in the match, too. Let's go get the money. And Sean did an interview. But that makes me sad, James. Well, that, that's my speculation. <laughs> I will say Sean did an interview where they asked him, are you going to do more matches? And he said, we'll see how this one goes. And then, you know, I'll decide after that. And it's you that can weird see s- after the match, Sean was talking to Triple H, and like he's laughing, 